It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 16, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it's great to be with you. Well, I appreciate that. Bill, and also, like I mentioned earlier before the show started, I was mentioning to our guest how Bill always comes up with some pretty dynamite news stories, and this time we're talking about, you know, sometimes animals just amaze you, uh, and Bill, why don't you talk about this Vietnam veteran uh, uh, has his love back again? Well, yes, Gary, uh, we're talking about uh, Bob Calderon, who... Um, is uh, not too far away from you in Bradenton, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob is a uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, he was uh, struck by uh, shrapnel from a landmine in 1970 at 19 years of age. Uh, this occurred. Uh, he was also uh, working with a, uh, uh, a, a soldier from the uh, Vietnamese uh, Army. Uh, Bob uh, lost both legs above the knee and uh, readjusting uh, uh, back to home and community was just a terrible experience for, for, for him. Uh, he uh, went through a situation with uh, uh, three divorces. They had a son that passed away and uh, Bob was just pretty much left out there on his own until recently he uh, received a service dog, and this dog's name is May. And May uh, uh, has, uh, has been the love of Bob's life to the extent that, uh, well, uh, she does so many things. For an example, she can open the door for him uh, if he needs that while he's in his wheelchair. She can wake him up uh, uh, at certain times during the day if he's got appointments. Uh, If he happens to fall from his wheelchair, uh, May is there to uh, bring the wheelchair to him. Uh, If uh, he needs uh, her leash, uh, she can fetch her leash and bring it to uh, Bob. So uh, Bob, uh, and we're just touching uh, just a few of all of the uh, issues that he's had to deal with, uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, 15 years after he had been uh, released from active duty uh, to make that determination and being confined to a wheelchair. But the uh, opportunity to have this connection with May, which is the love of his life, uh, has really changed things around for him. Uh, that's what I meant by sometimes these animals just amaze you. I remember uh, probably about three, four years ago, we were doing a show with a, uh, uh, again, this was a, uh, 
you know, special special uh, dogs uh, for PTSD, and and one was actually trained to dial nine one one in an emergency situation. You believe Absolutely. that? Absolutely, I, I recall yes. that, Gary. And it's mm-hmm. amazing, and it just seems that uh, what uh, dogs, in particular, but animals in general, uh, how they can make a, and have a significant impact on the lives of our men and women who serve this country and, and need their assistance. That's true. Now, you also have something about uh, Trump signs an executive order. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, well, the president uh, on the uh, January 9th signed an executive order to improve the mental health resources for veterans transitioning from active duty to civilian life. Gary, as you know, uh, practically every show that uh, we do, we're all concerned with uh, suicide prevention and awareness and with post-traumatic stress. Uh, this is uh, so important. And being able to receive treatment for this is, uh, uh, you know, is, is a very important thing. Now, in this uh, uh, executive order, the president is charging the uh, the secretaries of defense and veterans affairs and uh, homeland security to come up with a plan to be able to uh, provide uh, access to medical care for um, post traumatic stress and 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 other mental health resources. Gary, as you probably know, in most cases, our returning men and women are not always, uh, can always have access to services because it's not, it's deemed, it's not being uh, service connected and or the discharge that they may have received uh, may be less than an honorable uh, discharge. So, but we're recognizing that many of these individuals who are having problems now are those who are coming back that does not have a service connection uh, and may have a, a, a less than honorable uh, discharge, but they still need the services and help of our uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. So this is a, uh, a, a promise of uh, uh, years access and treatment with those conditions that we just described uh, uh, after they return uh, to home and community. A much-needed uh, direction to help our men and women. All right. Good articles, Bill. All right. Thank you. Uh, now, I just I don't know if everybody remembers Charles Johnson. You remember him. Charles was with us oh, back, and, back and forth. He's been on the radio along with uh, Andre. Now, he was one of the chefs along with Andre, who is a White House chef, who has helped develop a company in order to help our veterans eat healthy by looking at food not only as something to consume, but to use as medicine called Combat Food Medic. Charles and Andre wanted everyone to see the concept cookbook they have been working on for the last couple of months, and they want to call it the Patriot Cookbook, showcasing everyday patriots who are military, 
veterans and first responders. This would also include any family, friends, or just people who want to participate. What they have discovered from holistic practitioners is amazing, and they want to do their best to bring this information out to the veterans and general public through these fun-filled cookbooks and maybe even videos if possible. They hope that if they can teach as many people as possible how to look at these foods as medicines, then they'd be able to heal themselves without excessive amounts of chemical pharmaceuticals. They will also be sneaking in a signature recipes about their little healthy tidbits along with words of wisdom. So if here's your chance to be part of history and become a patriot, look over the sample cookbooks that Charles will send you or email you at your request and let you know if you'd like to be a part of this venture. To do this, call rather email Charles at charles.f as in Frank dot Johnson, the number one at outlook.com. Again, that's charles.f as in Frank dot Johnson, the number one at outlook.com. Now, Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest today. And, Gary, indeed, it is an honor to introduce Sean Quigley. Sean is the chapter director of the Cape Fear chapter for pets, for vets, uh, and uh, this is in the Wilmington, North Carolina area. Now, Sean received a call about five years ago from his buddy Jonah asking uh, if he wanted to get involved in starting a chapter of Pets for Vets in the Cape Fear area of Wilmington, North Carolina. Sean reviewed the website, read more about it, and after discussing it with Jonah, he jumped at the chance to participate. Sean is a former Army combat medic and a dog lover. Sean thinks this is the perfect way to combine two areas he is very passionate about. Now, five years into the volunteering for Pets for Vets, In the uh, Cape Fear chapter, he has completed several matches and has been embraced by the local community. Sean very much looks forward to continuing to improve the quality of life for local veterans while also providing loving homes for dogs in need. Sean, welcome to the American Heroes Network. We're happy to have you and tell us. Uh, a little bit more about this all-volunteer organization that you lead uh, uh, the chapter in uh, the Wilmington, North Carolina area. Yes, thank you very much for having me on. I, I appreciate the warm welcome. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Pets for Vets. And we are an organization that is basically dedicated to supporting veterans and, and providing uh, a second chance for shelter pets um, by rescuing and training uh, those shelter pets and pairing them um, with uh, America's veterans who could benefit from having a companion animal. Um, you guys have discussed a little bit earlier in the show how beneficial um, animals can be uh, in a veteran's life. Um, and, and after volunteering with this program for the last five years or so, I, I, I've really seen that uh, come to fruition on, on many occasions. So. Um, this is a program that I'm, I'm very passionate about as a veteran myself, and again, to be able to talk about it on your show, I'm, I'm very happy to do this, and I'm very thankful for, for you guys having me on. 
We appreciate you coming on board on board to discuss as far as your organization goes. Now, 100%, remind people that 100% of all those donations that you do receive or any type of funding you receive goes to giving, getting these uh, animals ready. Uh, these dogs ready to to help mm-hmm. out. Now I remember reading in, on your uh, site that you don't train service dogs. This is just this is a together thing. The dog meets man, and and uh, right. Uh, you know, it's it's shared that way. Uh, how does that how does that go about? And tell explain it to us. Where I'm a veteran, I come to you for a dog. How do I qualify for for one right away? Sure. So, so as far as from a qualification standpoint, um, I get that question a lot and, and I totally understand it. You know, as, as, as former military, a lot of us have in our heads that, you know, what, what are the quals we have to make for, for certain things? And in this case, it's really, really simple. I, I, my, my response, I, I, I typically tell people, uh, I tell veterans, listen, if you're a veteran and you think that you can benefit from having a companion animal, uh, please go ahead and submit an application. Um, that, that's really the only qualification that, that we need to hear. Um, you know, as, as far as kind of a, a bit more about the program, uh, yes, we're, you know, we're a 501c3. Um, each chapter, we have uh, about 30, 35 chapters around the country, and, and each chapter is its own 501c3. Um, we're all volunteer organization. Um, so any donations that come in, we do use um, all of that donation to be able to find matches for, for these veterans. And, and what we do is we really take our time to get to know the veteran. Um, after they submit an application, um, we'll have several face-to-face meetings with them so we can kind of understand who they are and, and they can get to know us a bit and, and get to know uh, the volunteers within our organization. Uh, we get a chance to find out kind of what their needs are, what their background is. Um, we'll do an in-home visit as well so we can get a better understanding of the environment that the dog is going into. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with, uh, you know, I've worked with a Vietnam veteran who, who lives in a, a very small, tight place, and he just wanted a small laptop, uh, lap, you know, kind of a lap dog as a, as a, as a furry battle buddy. And, and I also just placed a dog uh, just prior to Christmas uh, with a young OIF, OEF veteran, and he's, he's a young guy and is married with two young kids and is very, very active, and they have a big yard. Um, that the dog can run around in. So, you know, we, we kind of have to get to know each situation that each veteran brings to the table and, and allow them to get to know us. So then once we have all of that information, then our trainers can go out to shelters in the area and they can start looking for dogs who kind of fit the criteria of what that veteran's needs are. Um, and we have a lot of socialization tests that our trainers will put the dogs through to try and make sure that we're finding the best match possible for, for them and the environment that the dog is going into. Um, and then once, we, once we've kind of uh, selected the dog that we think will be best for that veteran, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and put the dog into our foster homes. And the trainer will work with the dog. Um, it varies, you know, for, for, for each situation, but I would, I would gauge it somewhere in the maybe uh, six or eight to 12 weeks, somewhere in there that the training takes place. And we like to try to make sure that the dog is, is trained at least to what we would typically refer to as like a, a canine good citizen standards, lots of really good basic obedience that the dog has. Um, and there may be a few special individual things for, for a particular veteran that we would train the dog to do. Um, and then we'll go ahead and, and eventually have match day where we place the dog with the veteran and make sure that the veteran has 
um, everything that the do- that they'll need initially with the dog. You know, uh, the doggy dishes, the collars. Of course, the dog is is up to date on shots and microchipped, et cetera. So they're pretty much ready to go. So the veteran, all they have to do is really kind of concentrate on working together with the dog to try and form a bond uh, with that dog. And then, of course, our trainers will work with them afterwards to make sure that that, that uh, initiation process between the veteran and the dog is going well. And we continue to follow the, the dog for the, life, for the life of the animal as well. So it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a whole program that while we don't train service dogs, we do work as hard as we can to make sure that we, we get the best dog selected possible for that specific veteran, their needs, and their situation. All right. And we'll come back. And when we come back, we'll uh, complete this. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Sean from Pets for Vets. Now, uh, Sean, how do these trainers pick a dog out? Because you don't know if that dog is a. Something that night he gets he gets mean. <laughs> how, do, how can they, you know, how can they how can they pick a dog out, you know, uh, uh, for the veteran? Uh, I know what you said earlier as far as they're looking for the same thing the vet's looking for, um, mm-hmm. but I just don't I just don't understand how they how they look for the dog and how they could find it. They, so they stand there and, and let the dogs run up to them? Or, I mean, 
Tell me a little bit about so, that. So yeah, that's that's a great question, and I do I do get that question frequently. So uh, so yeah, so so again, when when they're going to the shelters, they do have you know kind of an idea of what the veteran is looking for already. You know, are they looking for a, a small laptop, uh, or a lap dog? Are they looking for a slightly larger dog? You know, maybe they can take to the beach and play ball with. You know, kind kind of you know maybe, maybe they the veteran may have had some dogs when they were younger and they would like to to find a dog that's kind of similar in size and 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 uh, similar in energy level something along those lines so they have they have an idea of that already and then when they get to the shelters um what they do is we we have a lot of socialization tests um that we have in place and and um, the, uh, the trainers, they, they use only positive reinforcement. It, it's non-force-based training te- techniques. Um, and, you know, that way, you know, once we pull the dog, we, we ensure that we have, a, you know, a happy animal that, that leads to, you know, a healthy relationship with our veteran. But I get what you're saying. You know, uh, uh, veterans have been through an awful lot. And, and, and a lot, most of the times when you go to the shelters, the dogs have been through an awful lot as well. So, so the socialization tests that the trainers put the dogs through, those are really, really key in terms of what we look for in the dogs before we pull them. Um, you know, we we need a dog that is, you know, very people-focused, uh, a dog that, you know, you, you see a lot of dogs that are, you know, sometimes they have a, a lot of the, the environment is, is their, you know, that's kind of their world. So anything that occurs in the environment, they're, they're all about that and, and everything except the person that they're with. Um, we're looking for a dog that is a bit more people-centered than that. They're more focused on the person. Um, we, we need a dog that has a very calm demeanor. Um, and we look for dogs typically that are between roughly about two and five years old. Um, we don't want a dog that's too, too young because, you know, frequently it's difficult, uh, a little bit more difficult to train a dog that's younger. Um, it can be anyways. And, and, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult for, for the dog to work with the veteran if they still have a lot of kind of that puppy in them. Um, and we also don't want a dog that's too old um, because, of course, we want our veterans to have a nice, long relationship with their particular doggy. Um, so we don't want a dog that's too, too old either. So between all of the socialization tests, um, between the age range that we're looking for, between the, the, the trainer's techniques that they have and, and, and reviewing the socialization tests with the doggies, that gives us a really good foundation. And, of course, after the dog is pulled, the, the dog goes into our foster homes. They don't go directly to the veteran. So we have a chance to continue evaluating the dog uh, when they're in our foster homes. Of course, we do as much evaluation as we possibly can before we even pull them. But, you know, we want to continue that evaluation when they're in the foster home. So if we notice anything um, that the dog is displaying that can't be corrected through positive reinforcement training techniques, um, then it's possible that that dog may not be a good fit for our particular program. So we do keep continue that evaluation process while we're going through the training process with the doggy as well. Uh, so between all of those things, we really do our best to try and make sure that we have the, the best match possible for our particular veteran. All right. Bill? Well, Sean, uh, since uh, this is Pets for Vets, uh, my my question is: that, Is this completely restricted to dogs? Are there any uh, situations where cats are involved that you, uh, or any other kind of uh, animal that you might select uh, for mm-hmm. a veteran? 
Python. Yeah, uh, another great question. <laughs> yeah, we, we have placed cats. Um, my particular chapter, we haven't placed a cat yet, but I know that there are lots of other chapters around the country that have placed cats um, with some of our veterans. Um, I believe we may have also placed a rabbit with one of our chapters as well, and <laughs> right. I believe we've placed one bird. <laughs> Don't quote me on those, but I'm pretty sure that we've done one or two other animals as well, uh, simply because uh, after working with the veteran, they expressed a particular need in that area or particular desire in that area. And, you know, like, like a lot of organizations out there, we, you know, we want to do the best we can for our veterans. So if that's, you know, placing a cat or possibly even another animal, we'll certainly see what we can to try and make that happen. Now, now, uh, uh, Sean, uh, I, I guess uh, treating these animals, whether they're dogs or otherwise, uh, there's a certain amount of attention that uh, uh, must be uh, in their medical care, diet, and things of that nature. Give our listening audience uh, some idea of, uh, from, the, from the medical end and, and, their, and their diet uh, as far as what, what they're fed uh, while uh, you have them before they're released to the veteran. Yeah, so um, what we do is our, our trainers um, do, do a really good job in terms of trying to make sure that the dog has as seamless as possible a transition between the foster homes that they're in and, and moving over to the veteran as well. So, so our trainers are really, one of the things that they're tasked with is trying to find, because each dog, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of situational. You know, there may be a diet for one dog that isn't necessarily the best for another dog. Um, so what they do is they, they, while the dog is in training, while they're in their foster homes, the trainers are tasked with trying to find the, um, the best food possible for as far as diet for each particular dog. And of course, I think we've all recognized that, that, that dogs are partial to certain treats too. And, and most of the dogs that we pull are very food motivated. Uh, so the treats that they're getting when they're doing a lot of their training, um, you know, the, the food driven dogs, they will really uh, kind of take to one or two type of treats. And we want to try and make sure that, that, that the food and the treats that the dog's receiving that, that, that is really motivating them through their training and, and, is, and is healthy for them, um, as healthy as possible for each situation, that that will continue with, um, with our veteran as well. So when we create our care package, uh, the initial package that goes uh, with the dog to the veteran, um, you know, all the, all the food comes that the, dogs, that the dog will need uh, when they're initially brought over, the treats that the dog's used to. Um, you know, we, we, we make sure that the dog is even on the same schedule that the veteran's on. You know, is, is the veteran an early riser? Um, does the veteran maybe stay, stay in bed a bit later in the day? Uh, so we try and make sure that the dog's even on the same schedule so that the transition process is, is easy for the dog and as easy for the veteran as possible. Um, so, you know, that, that'll cut down on things like, you know, the dog in the transition process is, is going to have a little bit of nerves just like the veteran does. So, you know, we, if we can keep things like diet the same, keep the treats the same, keep scheduling the same, then hopefully the doggy is as settled as possible, as quickly as possible. They're in a very similar routine very, very quickly, and hopefully we have a nice, healthy, happy doggy to go along with um, improved quality of life for our veteran as well. Right. And, Sean, I suspect one of the, uh, if not the most important, but an important 
part in this process is the bonding between the animal and the veteran. Tell, tell us a little bit about how uh, that comes about. Yeah, so it's, you know, really something that, it, that really touches me when, when you do get a match right. You really see a, a good, strong bond form between the veteran and their doggy. It forms fairly quickly, and it's amazing how in tune the animal becomes to their particular veteran. Um, and, and that's something that, that we really love to see because that, you know, that really improves quality of life for that veteran when, when the dog is so in tune with their particular veteran. Um, I, I had a, a buddy of mine that, that I had known for a little while, and he applied to our program. Um, he received a dog from us. And, you know, like a lot of veterans, he kind of had a tendency to, to isolate a bit in his house. Um, you know, he wasn't very talkative when I did see him. Um, and after he, after he received his match from Pets for Vets, I, I think it was about a week later, uh, maybe two weeks later, um, I was at my buddy's gym working out, and here comes my friend with his Pets for Vets dog, and he was so excited. He pulls up to the gym, and he hops out with his Pets for Vets dog, and he's showing him off, and, you know, he was like the proud father, and, um, and everybody was talking to him about his dog, and you could just see, I mean, he was so happy and so beaming, and, he really didn't even, I don't even think he realized that that much of a change had kind of occurred in him where, you know, he had his little furry battle buddy with him and he just felt comfortable going out and talking to folks and showing his dog off and um, was very, very proud of his match. And that just made me feel so good to see that and to see the bond that had formed so quickly between the two of them. And, and that's really you know, kind of what our program's all about is that improved quality of life. And, you know, we saved a doggy at the same time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really a good program. All right. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Don't forget to visit the American Heroes Network radio. Actually, our archived radio shows are there for all. You know, this is a bunch of resources that there was put together. Um, and in fact, it's, going on six years of radio shows. Now, this will show you how each one of these organizations that we have interviewed are, they're up there. They have the ratings, they do what they say they're doing, uh, and they're using the money and donations and funds the way they're supposed to. So again, to keep that in mind when you do check them out. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, Power Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. What makes a great leader? 
Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Sean, from Pets for Vets. And Bill? Well, Sean, as as uh, we're in progress with the program, I'm right on your website and uh, uh, for Pets for Vets, and it's an outstanding, comprehensive website. Uh, it, it speaks uh, a lot to the organization. Uh, it appears here that you're in many places across the the country, and uh, a good organization. Uh, you can always link to uh, good leadership, and even beyond that, uh, uh, the founder of the organization. Tell us about the, your founder and the organization and how it works uh, for all the great work that you do. Mm-hmm. So uh, Clarissa Black is our founder. Um, she graduated from uh, Cornell, I believe it was, which, with a bachelor of science uh, degree in animal sciences. Uh, and she also has a, a master's in, uh, I believe it's anthrozoology. Um, she's, she was a, a, an animal trainer uh, for several years. She's worked with various animals, elephants and, and dolphins, um, so she's, she's one of these folks that you come across rarely, but they just have that gift of working with animals and she has the educational background to work with animals and she was just really, you know, she's just really kind of got that, that extra sense, um, to, to work with animals and, and to train animals. And so several years ago, um, she had a friend who was a veteran and um, he knew about her experience with animals and he was interested in getting a, uh, getting a doggy, but he wanted one that would be a, a good match for him. Uh, so he asked his friend Clarissa if she would help him uh, try and find a dog and her thought was, sure, absolutely, I can help you with this. So she actually went to some of the local shelters and, instead of 
you know, going in and, and buying a dog from, from somebody who is a breeder, she, you know, she said, well, there's, there's got to be a good dog in the shelter that we can find for you. So she went to one of the local shelters. Um, she uh, kind of vetted the dogs that they had there. And um, because she knew her friend so well, she found a, a good fit for him. Uh, she trained the dog for a while. Um, and then uh, uh, started working with her, her friend to, to put them together. Um, and that was kind of our first match and also was a bit of a, uh, of a light bulb moment uh, where Clarissa thought, you know, wow, if I can, if I can do this for, for my friend who's a veteran um, and if I can also um, help uh, get a doggy out of a shelter and into a great home, Maybe this is something that I can replicate. Um, and that was kind of the light bulb moment for the foundation of Pets for Vets. Um, and she's been working pretty much nonstop ever since then to try and expand the program. So, you know, we can improve quality of life for veterans, um, as many veterans as possible across the country and, and also save doggies from, uh, from, the, from our shelters. So, um, she's, you know, she's put so much work into this. Obviously, you can see, as you mentioned earlier, we, we have expanded to several places across the country. Um, we have a lot of different chapters now. I think we're up to about 30 or 35 different chapters around the country. Uh, so Clarissa has just done a, a fantastic job with kind of replicating her knowledge of animals and, and, and what they can do to try and support quality of life for our veterans. All right. Now you mentioned uh, you mentioned that how you take care of everything the shots the spaded uh, neutered and the microchipped and the reason I brought this up is because just recently I was at the vet and uh, one of the one of their customers uh, mentioned about the microchipped that uh, there's a cost to that every year does the veteran pay for that or is that uh, you guys take care of that also. So, yeah, what we do is we provide all of the initial expense that the veteran is going to have to uh, have to incur. So the initial microchipping, we transition all the paperwork over to the veteran, all the ownership over to the veteran, et cetera. But um, we do follow the dog for life, but we, we do also expect that the veteran will pay some of the expenses oh, sure. um, of their doggy as well. So. Um, that's something that we make sure that the veteran is aware of up front. We pay for everything initially, but kind of the ongoing care for the doggy is, is mostly up to the veteran. Of course, if they ever have a situation where they may find it difficult to, to pay for something specific for the doggy, they can always give us a call and we'll see what we can do to, to try and find the funds for them to take care of their doggy. So we'll always be there to support them as well. That's great. That is great. Now, as far as uh, uh, the, you know, the training of the dog, getting back to the training, uh, mm -hmm. there's one specific thing that you did mention on the site is we do not train service dogs. Is that correct? I want to make that real clear to our to your listeners out there that again, you don't train the service dogs. These are more of a relationship type dog, correct? Right. That's, that's very true. Uh, we do not train service dogs. Um, these dogs are our companion animals. Um, and that's an, that, that is an important distinction to know. We, we don't provide any paperwork that says that the dog is a service dog. So we, we don't want anybody to, to think that they've been trained to that particular level. Um, but they do have, they do have good um, basic obedience training. Like I said, kind of like what we would refer to as a, a canine good citizen standard type training. 
Um, and even even with that, even even with having a companion animal around, um, medical studies have shown that that those companion animals they can reduce the uh, effects of stress, the effects of depression and anxiety, and the symptoms of those. Um, now, you know, this isn't something that obviously it's not a cure-all, but if, if we can improve the effects um, of those symptoms that, that our veterans are having, obviously that companion animal is helping to improve quality of life, and, and that's really what we're looking for. All right. Yes. Bill? So, Sean, are there any types of dogs, and I'm talking by, by breeds, that you will or will not accept uh, into the program? Uh, no, I, we, we don't have any breed restrictions per se with Pets for Vets. However, um, having said that, we do, again, we, we get to know our veteran very, very well. And a lot of the veterans they, that we work with, they may live in, uh, in a community that, that they may have breed restrictions. Um, so we get to know what those breed restrictions are because we don't want to put the veteran in a position where they may have some difficulty with, say, an HOA or something along those lines. So Pets for Vets doesn't have any breed restrictions, but once we get to know the veteran, we, we make sure that there's no restrictions with uh, where they live and the environment that the dog is going to be going into. So great question. Now, I, I, I would imagine that uh, many of the uh, veterans that uh, you work with are in a family situation, so uh, does that make a difference with, uh, with a dog or a pet going to, say, a veteran who lives alone or versus a veteran that's in a family? I mean, is, is that uh, any kind of different preparation for uh, uh, an animal that's going to a family, because as you mentioned that um, you know you you do a family uh, check uh, to see what's uh, how the family situation is and with the dog. So is is there any differentiation there uh, as uh, as opposed to a single vet uh, versus a family? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there there is a, a bit of a difference. Um, a lot of it is going to be in the socialization uh, test that we put the doggy through and, and the type of personality that the dog has, the, the energy level that the dog has that we'll be looking for um, when we initially pull the dog. And of course, we want to replicate as, as best we can the environment that the dog is going into. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier in the show, um, and as you said, um, I, you know, I've worked with a Vietnam veteran who, who lives by himself and he's kind of a homebody and uh, doesn't really go out of the house too much and he lives in kind of a small place um, and a small laptop uh, or I keep saying laptop a small lap dog <laughs> for him that was very calm and that was very um, had a very calm personality had a very low energy level that was really really good for him it fit really well with kind of his lifestyle what he was looking for and a doggy that would fit very kind of seamlessly with, with his particular lifestyle. As opposed to um, I, the, the doggy that I most recently placed, which was just before Christmas, um, was, uh, again, with a young OIF-OEF veteran, and he is married with two young children. Um, so the doggy that we placed with him, um, still a very calm dog, very good, de- good, calm demeanor, but had, had a bit more of an energy level and he was a bit larger of a dog. Um, he was, a, he was kind of a smaller size chocolate lab, uh, mix and 
So he was very good with um, the foster home. The foster home that he was in, there was, there was a very busy home. There were several cats in the home. There were people coming, coming and going a lot. They took him out. They took the dog out a lot to socialize, uh, socialize him in a lot of different areas where there were lots of children around, um, lots of activity. So he was kind of used to a very... Uh, kind of busy house, I guess you could say, and had a bit more of an energy level because the veteran that he was going to live with um, was a more active veteran, obviously. And with the young kids running around a lot, you know, he had to be comfortable with that as well. So, you know, that's that's kind of the difference that we're looking for a lot of times in, in the dog that that we're pulling. What we're looking for initially sometimes is is will will take us a long way towards uh, towards getting the best match possible for that veteran in their particular lifestyle. Style. All right. Now, Sean, obviously, uh, Pets for Vets uh, is very popular. Uh, you're getting a lot of recognition uh, in the news media, podcasts, radio, and TV. D- tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it's it's really wonderful to see um, how kind of the, the the community at large across the United States has, has kind of embraced Pester Vets and in, in the and in our program and, and what we're trying to do. I mean, we we've had um, a lot, as you said, a, a lot of press recognition. Um, we our New York City Long Island chapter they were on with uh, they were on with a major uh, network on New Year's Eve about an hour before New Year's Eve. Um, they were right in Times Square. They did an interview where they had uh, the chapter director of that chapter was there, um, their trainer, and they had um, a lieutenant colonel and his wife and their doggy, who is a Pets for Vets match, um, on air as well. So I have to imagine that there were you know millions of people that saw that um, particular interview, which was fantastic. Um, if you go to our website, um, you'll see uh, a wonderful, wonderful um, short video with Gary Sinise, uh, who's of Lieutenant Dan fam, uh, fame, um, and he he just gave us a, a great um, a great short video that we posted on our website, um, which tells again just a bit more about the program and obviously his. His fame and his popularity with veterans goes a long way, I think, uh, right. towards uh, people's kind of comfort level with working with us. Um, and a lot of other major media networks have, have had us um, on air as, as guests, so we can try and get um, our information out there to the public. And, you know, obviously a network like yours, um, again, I'm very grateful to be on air and to be able to uh, kind of get our name out there a bit more. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of, of your network and, and what you guys are doing as well. So Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Now, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Sean, with Pets for Vets. Now, Sean, why don't you tell us a story? Every, every organization we ask, uh, have on the radio, we ask for a story, uh, whether it's a funny one or a serious one, uh, you make that choice. But uh, I know you run across it. You've been with the organization, what, now five years? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. So take it away. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, the the last match that I made um, again was just before Christmas in my particular chapter. Um, it was a, a young veteran who who's a Marine vet. Um, he was a, a staff sergeant in the Marines, and he had multiple combat uh, deployments. Um, so we we found a doggy for him, um, and trained him for for quite a while um, to make sure that he was going to be the best match possible for our veteran. And uh, on match day, uh, when uh, the trainer uh, brought um, Gunner, is the dog's name, over to the veteran's house, um, I, I, I was just amazed because the, the dog just made a beeline for our veteran, Fidel, and just gave him kisses and rolled over for belly rubs. And he just was so excited. And to see the, the emotion on our, on our veteran's face, um, and, and to see how happy he was um, when he saw Gunner and, and how Gunner just came straight to him. Um, he just got down on his knees and, and Gunner's giving him kisses and rolling over for <laughs> belly rubs. And it was just, it was such a wonderful warming sight to see. Um, that's something that, you know, that, that kind of an impact, that'll, that'll keep me going for quite a long time. And it's, it was a very heartwarming sight. Um, especially right before the holidays, just before Christmas, it just, it made me feel really great. And, you know, I just, to see the happiness on our veterans face, um, and to see how happy our doggy was too, to be in his new forever home. Uh, it, it was just a, it was a great sight. Wow. That's something else. Uh, what, how can, how can someone get to your website? What's your URL? 
So yeah, um, it's really easy. Uh, you can just go to www.petsforvets.com. Uh, there's lots of great information on the website. Uh, you can go out there if you're a veteran and you want to apply uh, for a companion animal. There, you can apply right on the website. Uh, if you want to donate, you can donate on the website. Uh, if you want to volunteer with us, you can volunteer on the website as well. Um, there's lots of great uh, stories out there about matches that have been made. There's information about our founder, Clarissa Black. Um, and there's lots of uh, press links out there as well to various other interviews that we've done. And uh, so you can get to know more about the program. All right. Now, we only do have a couple minutes left, Sean. And it was a pleasure having you on the show. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Well, in closing, I'd just like to say that um, I'd also like to encourage anybody who wants to volunteer with us to please go ahead. You don't have to be a veteran. You don't have to have military ties. Um, Just as long as you want to put forth the effort to try and help improve quality of life for our veterans and to try and save a a doggy as well from the shelter, if if you're willing to do that, then we'd love to have you. So um, anybody, please feel free to go go to our website and find out more and, and to go ahead and volunteer with us would be wonderful. We'd love to have you. All right. Appreciate it. And Bill? Well, Sean, thank you very much for your service to our great country, the United States of America. Uh, it's most appreciative, and but but even more so, your continued service to veterans uh, through the Pets for Vets programs. Uh, we always feel that where a veteran is helping another veteran is really the pathway to have success and to uh, to help with that uh, uh, continued reintegration back to home and community. Thank you for taking your time to being with us today. We appreciate it, and hopefully uh, we can get you to come back again on a future date. Well, thank you, sir. I, I very much appreciate that, and, and I would love to come back anytime you guys would like to have me. All right. We appreciate it. Now, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7, and you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Just be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are